Help me, Jesus. But I, it's all good. It's all good. It's good to see my dear friends at Kirby's are here. Clint just had a birthday not long ago. He's, what, 60? No, you're not. You're 21. I don't know. Grew up with, uh, my kids grew up with their kids, and uh, we've known them pretty much all our lives. And Tom just got out of prison, so it's all real good. <laughs> I don't get many chances to mess with him, so, you know, I'm going to take opportunities of that. <laughs> Well, anyway, I want to talk to you. Okay, focus. I'm going to go back to uh, what, we're, what we're here about. Um, this is our, our message for today. I, you know, as I was to say, God, you know, let me just get ready for what we're doing today. And we've been talking here at TLC, if you're a guest here today, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. We've been talking about how kingdoms operate and how God's kingdom operates and how we can actually be part of that and see results. And I like that. And I mean, I, I kind of grew up in the... Uh, fitness world and things, and, and we like doing exercises, Tom can tell you that, that, that proven got results, that we could say, oh yeah, I, I gained more muscle mass this way, or I lost more weight doing this, or whatever. So that's, we've been learning about the kingdom. So we were kind of really in the groove last week, if you haven't seen that, you can go to the, the website, or you can go to our podcast, you can catch that, those are all free, uh, and we're going to continue that study uh, here in the future. But we're going to talk today about no bones in the grave. No bones in the grave. And so I wanted to start off by just a, something a, a little funny. A parishioner was in front of me coming out of church one day, and the preacher was standing at the door. He always shakes hands. He grabbed the parishioner by the hand, pulled him aside. pastor said to him, you need to join the army of the Lord. The parishioner replied, I'm already in the army of the Lord, pastor. And the pastor questions, how come I don't see you except at Christmas and Easter? He whispered back, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> All right. How, how crazy is the world we live in? We grew up, we have four children. We told all our kids, don't eat anything off the ground. Today or this weekend, kids all over the world, we'll tell them, go and search in the dirt <laughs> for eggs or anything like that. And you can eat any of that stuff given to you by a big hairy bunny. Here's a fun fact for you. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Come on, somebody. And he was just getting started. So let's get started in No Bones in the Grave. They recorded this story, and I, I, again, I was impressed by it. Neil Armstrong, the man that got to walk on the moon, only one of 12 that had that privilege. And not long after that, he wanted to take a tour of the Holy Land. While he was there, one of the things that he requested that was most important on his list was to be taken to a spot where we know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus walked. So they took him to the temple steps where Jesus would have walked many times. They, they had uh, Neil Armstrong where he uh, just broke down because this would have been one of the last times that Jesus, where he walked on those steps, where he stood before the Sanhedrin and was condemned to die. Armstrong sat on those steps and just wept. And it, the man that walked on the moon, this is what he was recorded as saying. I've walked a lot of places in my life, but this is the most meaningful place because this is where my Savior walked. I thought, man, of all the places in the world that Jesus walked, they're 100% sure about that place. He, you know, temple, this is where he was. But here's one thing that they don't, they're not quite 100% sure on. The actual burial grave of Jesus. They don't know exactly which grave it is. If you go to the Holy Land, 
they're going to give you the Church of the Holy Sepulchre or the Garden Tomb or Gordon's Tomb. And they both have details or, or um, information why this could be the place or this is why they believe this one is the place. But neither can claim total authority or authenticate it, and here is why. There's no evidence. There's no bones. Neither of them contain the bones of Jesus. You can search everywhere over there, and you can't find a grave that have the bones of Jesus in there. Or that inscription, Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified. And let me just tell you this morning, church, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 17 through 20, if Christ has not been raised, then our faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we're more pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. You can't find the bones of Jesus. You can find the bones of Muhammad. You can find the bones of, of someone else. You can't find the ones of Jesus. They're not there. So what does that mean for us? I think we should let Jesus answer that. Let's let the word of God answer that. John 14, 19, soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. The empty grave means that one day your grave, my grave, if Jesus tarries, will be empty too. I'm going to say that one more time. Because Jesus rose from the grave, that means that your grave, if you are a follower of Christ, a believer in Jesus, your grave one day will be empty too. I hope I'm alive when the rapture happens. I've always wanted to fly like Superman. It would be a dream, and Jesus knows that. How does he do what he do? I mean, think about how does he, how's, the dead in Christ will rise first. So in somehow the twinkling of an eye, we were in service one time, and the pastor said, I don't know how fast the twinkling of an eye is, and somebody jumped up and said, that'd be one-tenth of a second, pastor. I don't know how, but that's quick. No matter how you slice it, it says, the Bible talks about that they'll be met, you know, it's like that spirit and body come together, and we're there. That means the grave is empty. And when we get there, if, we, if we're alive, we didn't go to the grave. So we don't need that. I want to be alive when that happens. But our epitaph will be the same as Christ. Luke 24, 6 says, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead. So our first thought today. I thought, let's, let's look at this with no bones in the grave. I mean, I've, I've done Easter. I've talked about it all different ways. I've talked, but I've never talked about it this way. Our first thought is, because there's no bones in the grave, we have hope. We can celebrate Easter, and we always, everybody does. Some of us, we just do it because it's Tradition. And there are traditions, and I'm not opposed to traditions, but I want to know why I really celebrate Easter. Because he's risen. There's no bones there. So what promise do you and I need to hold on to? There were bones there on Good Friday. The women who went to the grave on that Sunday morning, they knew where Jesus' body was laid. They saw it being laid there. Come on. They saw him taken down off the cross. 
Years ago when we were in church together, and it's funny that Kirby's are here today. I didn't even say this first service, but he played Jesus. And I was the soldier that took him off the cross. And I remember, you know, he had stuff that made it look like he was, I mean, we made it look like he was nailed to the cross. But, I, you know, and he had to act dead, limp, weighed a lot. But just, you know, I remember him flopping over my shoulder. And the reason I say that, but these thoughts come back to me. We're acting out a play of what really happened. They knew he died. They saw him. They saw the soldier stick a spear in his side. They, they saw water and, and blood come out. They, they knew he wasn't breathing. They saw him put in a tomb. That isn't the only thing they saw. They had seen with their own eyes him do miracles. They had saw him feed 5,000 men, women and children, maybe 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. They saw it. They saw him crucified. They knew where they had laid him. They saw him being put in there. But now it's Sunday. They head to the tomb fully expecting to find his body because they saw it put there, and to prepare it properly for burial. That's why they went. That was their reason. So I want you to think about that as they got there, as they're on their trip. They've got spices. They've got items needed to do why they came, again, to get his body ready for burial. They had to have this conversation. They saw him put in there. They saw this gigantic... We're talking the tomb... They, they sealed it with the Roman seal. They rolled this huge stone and sealed it. They saw that. Now, I, people can do, a lot, they're strong people, okay? They have things when people are in certain situations, they don't understand it. They have hulkish strength. People have lifted cars off of people. They don't know how, just like, ah, you know, whatever. I came home, my wife decided to move the piano. I can't hardly move the piano. It was clear on the other side of the room. She did it by herself. I don't know how she, I think she used magazines, but she got, she weighed, you know. I got a leg that weighs what she weighs. She's like 4'11", five foot with her hairs poofed. She pushed it with her legs. Got it to where she wanted, positioned it. No problem. Strength. These women are having this conversation. How are we going to get inside? I mean, who's going to roll that? I mean, can us three girls do that? Who's going to take care of things if we can't get in there? Now, when they get there, the stone's already been moved. And an angel is sitting there with a message. Now, that one again would be like, okay. That'd be kind of like, whoo. Mark 16, 6 says, the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, there, this is where they laid his body. Now, I bring this out because I, I want you to understand. The women knew where he laid his body. They saw it happen. The angel is, is now connecting dots for them. He's telling them, look. What you saw with your natural, what he told you, and you heard it in your 
ear, your real ear, and also in your spirit, he is now connecting those. Look where he laid him. He's not here. He is risen. Everything is going to flood back in their mind. That's right. He said he would. Remember, he said he would. That's right. Now there's an angel there. It's true. They saw he was gone. Now everything has changed. Think about it. If his bones were still there, if he was still there, the women would be afraid of the future because that would mean Jesus was a liar and every promise about the father or that Jesus made would be false. If his bones were still there, their lives would be pointless. The last three years or three and a half years would have just been a waste of time. Have you ever invested in something for a long time and then maybe it got crashed or whatever? When I was a little kid, I used to put models together. Anybody else used to do that? I'm the only one. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. There's a couple. I put models together, and sometimes they would take me a long time. And I found out sometimes it was easier to paint the piece before you glued the piece together. But then you, you kind of almost, but I wanted to see it all together. And sometimes I got in a hurry. Sometimes it wasn't as good. But I remember one time I got a model together, and I was pretty excited. Oh, this is really good. This is really good. And we had, uh, was, he was a little cousin that came over to our house. He took a ball, and the first thing he did was throw it, and it just destroyed my model. And I know I was, of course, I, you know, I don't know how old I was. I was just a kid. But I was like, this kid needs to go. But I had spent hours, and it just seemed like all the time I'd spent at the dining room table, all the hours I put that together, the time I took to paint it, I was real proud of that. It was just broken. I tried to glue it again. And for those that can't understand that, it'd almost be like Ralphie and, and Randy and the lamp. It got broke, couldn't glue it back, never mind. Moving on. If his bones were still in the grave, there would be no forgiveness. There would be no healing. There'd be no prosperity. There'd be no heaven. There'd be no peace. There'd be no contentment. There'd be nothing like that. All of it would be a lie. Our deaths would be meaningless, just an eternity in hell. Or people that I used to work with in, in, uh, in factory or wherever they work, there's people that just don't believe in God. And they would say, oh, when we die, you're just food for the worms. How pleasant. That was one guy's always like, oh, when you die, you're just food for the worms. Thank the Lord that that's not true. There's no bones in the grave. Jesus rose. He's not there. And he showed himself to over 500 people. Everything is different. So that our second thought this morning, that means the promises he made. His promises are true. The Bible says they're yes and amen. You know what amen means? So be it. Give me an example. If I was to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on Friday. But don't, don't worry. Just like we just watched in this video, I'm going to be back on Sunday. I like how the guy said, three days tops. What would you think? Brett, you're a whack job. That, that's, that's totally nuts. I understand why you'd say that, but what if that happened? Now, before you write me off, I'm not Jesus, I'm not God, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, he made some claims that people are like, what? But every one of what he said came true. So that means if this is true and he's not here, then all the other things he said are true as well. You know, when it comes down to Jesus, there's only a couple of viewpoints you can really have. Either he, he's who he said he was, or he's a lunatic. 
But when you see fruit and see like, wow, you would know he's the real deal. He rose from the grave. That means all his promises are true. What promises from God in his word do you need to hold on to, especially right now? Now, the women that found Jesus and they found that he'd risen from the grave, I would expect them to be almost giddy. I said this in, in first service. I remember when I started seeing Kim, I couldn't wait to ask her out. It was really tough waiting because she was seeing somebody. So I had to be a gentleman and wait till she wasn't seeing somebody. Because that's the ethical thing to do, right? So we did. I did. And I asked her out, and she said yes. And I walked out of the room, and she had two or three girlfriends that were right around the corner. And all I could hear was, woohoo, yes, meow, yes, meow. She has that same reaction anytime I talk to her now. <laughs> She's really controlling herself just as we speak. But she was so excited, and I, it just made me like, oh. And see, that's what I wanted the, those women. And when I read that story, I want those women to be like, he's risen, he's risen, he's not here. That's not what they did. Look at it. I mean, I, I, I wanted their reaction to be different, but they, they didn't do it, the thing that I wanted. Does anybody ever not react the way you want? Hmm. 16.8 of Mark says, The women fled from the tomb trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, he's been telling you all along this is what he's going to do. I wanted them to, to do it differently. I'm sure if you're here today for the first time, this isn't the first time you ever heard Jesus rose from the grave. You came here pretty sure I know what the theme is going to be today. You're pretty sure that I wasn't going to say, I don't even have any idea what happened on that thing 2,000 years ago. You're pretty sure, like, okay, he's going to talk about Jesus and the cross. I can say this with confidence because I know what he's done for me and, and people that I know. He did rise from the grave. He was crucified, dead, and buried, but he rose again. He lives in me, and he can live in you. But it brings me to this question. Why do we sometimes live as though his bones are still there? I mean, it's got to be frustrating to God. He made us promises, and he tells us to walk in those. He tells us to, to listen and to do what he's asked us to do and to spread the gospel and to show people the light. Come on, if there's ever been a time in this world where we need light, it's now. We don't need to act like his bones are still there. They're not. He's risen. We've all gotten afraid about future. There's people, I mean, you know, the pandemic, there's still, there's people that are, oh, oh. I was in the store the other day. I just had a tickle in my throat, just a tickle, and I coughed. People beside me are like, it's okay. It's just a tickle. They don't even acknowledge that. We all know all of that stuff is like. We've got questions about a lot of things. The leadership in our country. We could talk about that for a long time. This country was founded on the Bible. Let's get back to some stuff. 
Sometimes we have a trouble just saying, I want to be happy at Easter. There's so much stuff that's just crowding me in. Life has just got all these pressures. And we look at the Bible like it's just a story. Like it's another Aesop's fable or a fairy tale. But it's true. Everything in the Bible is true. But I can now, when I think of it, I can kind of understand. Sometimes when we are faced with reality, we may not be ready for it. In our mind, or we may, ah, have you ever thought like, I, I, I know I got to do that. It's like, you know some truth and you're like, I know I got to face the music or I got to do this or I got to fix this. Maybe that's why they felt the way they did. So what's the answer? Brett, what would be the answer to that? What's the solution? And our last thought this morning would be, empty means full. Ever wonder why the stone was rolled away? It wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. It was rolled away so the women could get in, so they could see inside. They needed to see. You see, he's connecting dots. Mark eleven twenty four tells us to believe we receive when we pray. Think about how they had heard him say it. Remember Peter even said, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. And he had to tell Peter, hey, zip it. That's just my version. Peter, I, I got to do this, and you can't talk me out of it, so stop. All of them are real. They'd heard with their spiritual eyes because they had heard it told to them over with their natural ears. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So they had heard it. He had told them. Remember, Jesus was, I mean, this stuff was, they were we're reading it because it's been written from what they lived. Isn't it our turn to be the light and live some? Isn't it time you told the enemy, look, it is written. It is written. You get your hand off my children. You get your hand off my house. It is written. And we need to start understanding there's no bones in the grave. So it is true. He did that for you and me. Now they believe it. The answer my friends, this morning, is the empty tomb. The answer is in the tomb. The empty means full. Sometimes I need to remind myself, he's not going back to the cross again. He already did it. That's why he said, it is finished. There's nothing else for him to do. You've already got what you need. Now we have to walk it out. Look inside your mind's eye. Can you see? I could see myself there. I could see myself looking in the tomb. Can you picture Peter and John running? Remember when they heard the news? One verse says they ran to the, to the tomb. And then it, it talks about Peter out running. And it says the one Jesus loved. Or maybe it's the other way around. You'd have to read it. I could see myself doing that. I could, you know, just, it's not that, 
you didn't believe it, but you just got to see it. It's not seeing is believing. Believing is seeing. But it's connecting the dots of all these things that Jesus talked about. You have the promise. I remember one of the first times my kid said, Daddy, would you pray for me? I have no power. Not in my own. But I remember saying, I will. Why? Because the principle of what I'm telling you today, the tomb is empty. There's no bones there. I have authority because he gave it to me, because he conquered the grave. And I prayed for them, and they were made well. And their look on their face was, and it makes me marvel at what that would have been like for the disciples to connect that. One of our first pastorates we were at, there was a little boy and he had a broken leg and he came to VBS. His mom was not a believer. His grandmother brought him. Thank God for godly grandmas. So his grandma brought him to VBS and he had crutches. So he didn't, when it started, he wasn't, he didn't have a broken leg, but you know, he was a boy. I'm not saying, uh, but he just wasn't careful. And I don't know how he broke it, but he broke it. And so we had it in a cast, one of those temporary casts. And I was on the way to go do something. I had to come back and lead them in worship. And if well, there's, all, there's like 200 kids at VBS. And you lead kids, and they're, you know, they're not quiet. They're all like, nah. And so, you know, you know you're going to sing, and the, and the devil doesn't like it. He can sit on that table. Ouch! And they're all screaming. And, you know, you're doing all of these. You can do the wave with the kids. They, oh, they love it, everything. So we are having this great time, but I'm going to get ready, and this kid says, and his little nephew or cousin or somebody said, hey, PB, will you pray for him? I don't remember the little boy's name, and I was in such a hurry. I remember my mind state. I, I believe Jesus could do it. I was just in a hurry. You ever been too, too in a hurry for God? Too busy? I'm doing the work of the Lord. Get away from me. <laughs> what's the matter with you kid bothering me right now what's the matter with you i didn't say that i mean i'm like yeah 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 sure i i did say stuff like that yeah but i gotta hurry man i gotta hurry and they're like it's okay and so i looked at the kid and all i said was do you believe that that jesus would heal you and the kid goes yeah and i looked at him i said do you believe it he goes yeah put my hand on his knee in the name of jesus i call that knee to line up with the word of god later boom high five boom 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 yep yeah. boom gone before the day was over, it's time to where they're done with their snack. This kid's waiting for his grandma to come with his, for his ride. He's standing by the door. He's holding his crutches. And I'm like, well, that's strange. He goes to the doctor the next day. The doctor has an x-ray of the broken leg. And he looks at it and he says, we need to take another x-ray. They took another x-ray. The leg is not broke anymore. It's completely not broke. That gets better than this. The mom took him, and he'd been telling the mom all week long about how Jesus and God were real and everything. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And now she's faced with truth. Here's the broken leg. Here's the not broken leg. The doctor takes the cast off, and he goes, I don't have any explanation. And the little boy, nine years old, looks at his mother and says, now do you believe, mommy? 
And the mommy is just, that's what we're facing, truth. What do you do if the grave is empty? Because it is. There's no bones there. He's risen. Realize Jesus will roll away the stones that you need, just like he did that little boy. Matter of fact, he's probably the original rolling stone. <laughs> when you find nothing in the empty tomb, really you find everything. For real. Because Jesus is alive to give it. Are you looking for peace? Free of a guilty conscience? You can't do it on your own. You need a living Jesus. He says he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. He is the Prince of Peace. If you're looking for contentment, you'll come up short if you try it, find it anywhere else. If you try to find it in something else, you can't only find it. It's just a, they call it a God void. God made you. The only one that can fill that is God. In Jesus, you have everything you need and more. Hear the living Jesus say, just like mine, your grave will be empty one day. No bones in the grave means you'll find everything we're looking for. I'm going to tell you this story, and we're just about finished here. A Sunday school class had an assignment. The teacher gave all the kids a task on Easter. She said, here's a plastic egg. I want you to go outside, and I want you to put something in it. I want you to go find something that symbolizes new life and hope. And so the kids all went outside and did all that, and they came back in. They brought their eggs to the teacher, and they set them all on, her, on the desk in the Sunday school room, and they sat down, and she opened each egg. And she found a leaf, a flower, a butterfly, and the kids just oohed and awed. Every time she opened a new egg, they went, oh. Then she got to an egg, and she opened it, and there was nothing in it. It was empty. And a kid complained. He said, somebody didn't do the assignment. It's empty. A little boy in the back named Billy raised his hand and said, that one's mine. And he was mocked and teased right away. You never do anything right, Billy. You're so dumb. The child answered and said, the egg's empty because the tomb is empty. Jesus rose and the room went really quiet. From that moment on, Billy was accepted as a full-fledged member of that Sunday school class. Other kids said, wish I'd have thought of that. I've been there, done that. <laughs> One version of the story goes on that many years later at the child's homecoming, Billy was an elderly man and went to be with the Lord. Classmates stayed friends, and they brought not flowers to the funeral, but each one brought an empty plastic egg and put it in the casket with Billy. You see, he knew and understood that Jesus being alive means new life for him. It means new life for you. Do we get that? Living our life every single day because Jesus' bones are not in the grave. I never have to live a single moment as if they're still there. I can actually know that I have promises. If you're walking down a road and there's two people there to give you directions, one dead, one alive, which do you ask for? You'd get the one from the live one. Ask the living Jesus, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. I'll show you how to fish for people. And we need to do that today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I'll give you rest. 28, 18 of Matthew, Jesus came, told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. 28, 20 of Matthew, 
Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? John 14, 19. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. That's the best part of Easter. He, he's alive. And he, if you accept him, he's alive in you. Jesus got out of the grave, and I love this, so will I. So will I, and so will you. If you follow Jesus, you're not staying there. His promises are true for all those that accept him. Maybe you feel like, I'm just lost in the crowd. I, I'm just a number. Fall through the cracks. You don't matter. You're not important. We live in a society where everything is, and I get it, I understand, you know, but you don't want to be a number. You want to be, you want to be remembered. Everybody knows your name. When we did the fitness center, we would always call people by name. It was important. Hey, Bob, so glad you could come. Hey, we'll see you Thursday. And he was just like, yes, it's almost like Norm. It's kind of that same principle. Nobody wants to be a number, but part of that is you, you have to try to do things effectively. You can go to church and nobody wants to be a number, but then they can go, minor Z, five, four, six, please come get your child. You know, there's still a number. It's a, it's a number, and, you know, and so sometimes we get lost in that. But God knows your name. The Bible says he knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. That's the best part. With God, you never fall through the cracks. Listen to what the angel tells the woman, 16, 7 of Mark. Go and tell the disciples, including Peeper. That, Peeper. <laughs> tell Peeper, tell Piper too, uh, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead to you to Galilee. You'll see him there just as, as he told you before he died. Now the New King James says, you'll see him as he said to you. Again, the angel is saying things that Jesus is already said, he is just confirming what you've been hearing so that, again, you're going to connect the dots and go spiritually, your faith is going to come alive. But they say, not just as disciples, make sure you talk to Peter. That's big to me. Have you ever messed up? Think about Peter. You know what I loved about Peter? Peter was just like a dude. I mean, like, let's take the mountain dude like a rocky dude. Jesus, you know, and he'll do whatever because he's Peter. But he is the one that denied him, doubted him, cursed him. And you know, the Bible says that he wept bitterly. He was so ashamed. And he needed that. Oh yeah, the angel told us to tell everybody, but Peter, he said to tell you especially. What would that have done? I've been like, really? That's called restoration, my friends. How are you going to walk away from Jesus' empty tomb? How about this? We walk away the same way we will from our own one day. No fear of the future. I don't have to be afraid. We walk away with no doubt that God loves us so much that he gave his son just for you and just for me, just for your children. We walk away that we know heaven exists and we have a mansion there. 
I don't know what my mansion's like, but if he's a carpenter, he's been working on it for 2,000 years. It's going to be good. What would you want on your epitaph? Because Jesus has left the grave. There's no bones there. Yours should read just like his. He or she's not here. They've risen. The team's going to come back up here, and we're going to get ready to do one more song. But you know what I've loved? Not just I love God, but I've loved that because there's no bones in the grave, I cannot be separated from the Lord. I'm with you always. He lives inside. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. But I've been able to tell my children, we'll always be together. We'll never have to say goodbye. Does that make sense? Let me grab that real quick. Thanks, bud. And you know what? They, they look at me in the beginning with, I hope that's right. But as I did my best, and I didn't always do it right, tried to model being a dad in front of them, Mallory was our, was our second. Our first was a stillborn, and then we had Mallory. But Mallory, she was, the, she was the leader. She led the way. You know, the first kid always breaks the ground for everybody else, you know. But she would say, are we going to go here? Are we going to go there? And, I, and then I'd say, yeah, we're going to go. And she would say, do you promise? And I would say, yeah, baby, I promise. And she would turn to her brother's. And she would say without a doubt in her eye, we're going because daddy promised and he never breaks his promises. And that was important to me because I wanted her to know that God never breaks his promises. So as they minister this song to you, I want us just to worship the Lord. When the song is over, we're going to just do communion. It's not going to take very long. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do a, a short altar call, if that's all right. And we're going to just believe God and thank him that there's no bones in the grave.